everybody. I'm Gary Ebersol. Richard Kipling here. And I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys. This week, Richard leads us in a discussion about the world of senior volunteering. Before we get started, Randy has dug into the mailbag and found a few letters from camp. Randy, what do you have for us? Well, I've got a couple of good letters. The mailbag uh, was pretty full this this week, so let's just jump right into it. Our friend Richard T. was listening to How Not to Get Scammed, and he says, The most amusing attempt I ever had was when I received a phone call from my own phone number. Ooh. <laughs> Not not a bright scammer, by the way. He says, obviously, someone had cloned my number and was using it to make phony calls. Like you, Codgers, I never answer calls I don't know. Good move, Richard. Mm-hmm. All right, Jimmy K. I like Jimmy K. He was catching up on old episodes, as he admits. He had listened to Get Your Butt Off the Couch. He says, so I'm just getting to commenting about exercise. I thank you all so much for helping me remember that I'm not weak or wimpy because I can't do what I used to do. So encouraging to hear you all say that it's important just to get out there. Just as important for your head as it is for your body. Jimmy, we totally agree. And and we love it when people comment on our old episodes. It makes us feel relevant again. (laughs) Us? Relevant? (laughs) That's right. Patrick who goes by the name Pat. He said, I enjoyed all your episodes, with this latest one being The Secrets to Happy Life, giving me some introspection, having the statistics added credibility. Your relaxed talk back and forth remind me of car talk. Well done. And Pat, you made our day because the car talk guys are among our heroes Mm -hmm. in the radio land, which now... Of course, as you know, is the podcast land for a lot of us. So thank you all for writing, and we love your comments. And as a matter of fact, we've got something special for those of you who have written a comment in the last couple of weeks, and those of you who are listening now that might want to comment on an episode, because we've got a a brand new limited edition Camp Codger bumper sticker. It's awesome. It's free. All you got to do is... Write us a comment, post it on the website, and we will get in touch with you and send you a free bumper sticker. The bumper sticker says, I'm not old, I'm vintage. And that's our motto here at Camp Codger. So please leave us a comment, get yourself a bumper sticker, and thanks for listening. Thanks, Randy. Richard, tell us about senior volunteering. Well, let me first begin by telling you what I haven't done for 45 years of my adult life. I never stepped up for my greater community's needs. I did volunteer, but only at some work events or for my kids' schools or their out-of-school activities, like soccer coaching or helping out at music recitals. I had two what I thought were good excuses. Raising four children took my and my wife's full time and attention, there was simply no energy left for anything else. Plus, my particular work, journalism at a daily newspaper, meant that I was supposed to observe, but not join or help out at organizations that the paper might someday be writing about, 
or even investigating, guess what? Those days are over. The kids are full-blown adults, often their own life's journeys, and I'm retired from daily journalism, not restricted in any way from supporting through donations of money or time, whatever cause I perceive is in need. Now I can lend a hand. So should I volunteer? And where should I volunteer? And how much should I volunteer? I haven't yet answered those questions. That's what we're going to discuss today, seniors and volunteering. I've confessed that I've not been much of a volunteer up to now, except for kid-related stuff. Randy, what about you? Have you volunteered? And since when? Do you now? Yes. It goes back about 15 years, and not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you want A little me, more, please. You elaborate. want me to expand on a little elaboration. <laughs> well, yeah, I've volunteered. One of, one of my longest stints as a volunteer was for the Albuquerque Area Master Gardeners. And it was one of those things where I volunteered because I was interested in plants. I've always been a backyard gardener. I was also starting to do some work with companies that sold plants and sold garden equipment. So it was sort of a win-win. I got to learn about the industry that I was working in. And I got to do something which I really like to do, which was talk to other gardeners and help them an, you know, answer their questions. One of the things we had was a hotline. You could call mm -hmm. in and ask a gardening question. That was a fun thing. It's not like I felt like I was giving back to the community so much as it was just something that I wanted to do. And I kind of got a little benefit from it on, on top of that. Mm. So it wasn't what I called the heavy lifting of volunteering. Mm. But it was great. It was a great experience, and I'm really glad I did it. Gary, what's uh, what's your history of volunteering? I'll have to be honest and say none. I'm just really not the volunteering type, and I'm not certain there is a type for volunteering, but I, I think you could characterize certain people as being more likely to volunteer. And I'm just not one of those, haven't been. Well, and for my part, as I mentioned, I had reasons, valid or not, for not holding my hand up to volunteer. Now I'm pondering where I want to put whatever ever I can bring to the party. Richard, can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. I didn't realize that as a journalist, you were actually encouraged not to volunteer. Oh, was that, you, was that openly said? Oh, you said? are encouraged not to and not to join organizations. You know, at the Washington Post, the editor there, I don't think it's the case anymore, but there was an editor a couple times back, a very famous editor, who told his reporters and editors they could not vote. Oh, they come on. Not, they could not vote. They were not allowed by his organization, by his leadership, to vote or register for either party or any that's party. That's un-American. I'm sorry. It does feel un-American. A lot of other uh, newspaper heads disagreed with that. But here's Lynn Downey was his name. And he was the head of the, one of the best newspapers in America. And he said, none of you can vote. None of you can uh, belong to organizations. Who knows when we might get a tip and end up investigating the very organization you're part of. That was it. And wow. many, uh, many newspapers have some kind of strictures on what you may and may not participate in the community. Pretty interesting, isn't it? I think that's changing. Anyway, back to go. Now I'm pondering where I want to put whatever effort I can bring to the party. I've taught college kids 
and older adults in the past, I'm thinking of trying to bring some of that to high school students, especially those who haven't had the advantages my kids had. It's pretty clear that while each of us may have a little bit of a hard time putting our hand up to volunteer, our wives are pretty much experts on the volunteering life. My wife, Allison, for example, sits on four boards and is always prepping for meetings of this kind or that kind. Gary, your wife, B is always running from one volunteer stint to another. What kind of volunteer possibilities might you be attracted to if you were a volunteering type? Well, as I was saying, I... I'm really not the volunteering type. Nothing has changed in the last few minutes. I don't think it's probably <laughs> going to change over the course of this episode. <laughs> but you guys can work on me. <laughs> you know, Turn me into somebody that would be a great volunteer. And actually, B is a great volunteer. And as Allison is a great volunteer. And, and, you guys, and you guys are better volunteers because you have these social skills and this real empathy for people. You care about people. And I think that's really important. It makes a difference. Not only do you want to help people, but you also like being in the social environment that often a lot of volunteer organizations provide. So you're working with other people to help other people. And that's a great combination for the right type of person. It's not that I don't like people. It's just that I'm not as comfortable around people. I'm not as comfortable in unknown social situations. I haven't developed kind of that volunteering skill yet. Maybe someday. I don't know. Gary, you just came up with a great bumper sticker for volunteering. You didn't even know it. But you described volunteering as people working with people to help other people. And I really like that as like a little snippet of this is kind of encompasses what volunteering is. I never thought about it that way before, but it really is. And, and, and you're right. It tends to be a group of people or some sort of an organization that, you know, kind of marshals all the, the resources and whatnot and uh, gets people to volunteer. So I, I just like that description. That's actually interesting. I didn't quite think about it that way. But what I was saying is I'm kind of a private, solitary person. And there really aren't a lot of volunteer opportunities for people to work alone to help other people. So, so if somebody came along and said, volunteers are needed to sit in the dark alone and work for others, you'd, you'd be the first one with your hand up. In front of my computer, <laughs> in the dark. Right, I exactly. Would, I would be we, the lead volunteer, except that means I have to deal with other people. Well, never mind. <laughs> computer geeks for whatever. I don't know. <laughs> All right, guys, let's back up for a minute here. Experts for decades have studied this whole area of volunteering and volunteering as a senior. And there are some really good reasons to volunteer for seniors for your individual self, not just for the community. They say it can improve your mental health. They've examined the advantages for mental stability and at helping out your community is a good way to avoid loneliness and isolation, unless you like loneliness and isolation. Uh, loving a second it. I'm thing. just loving it. <laughs> <laughs> a second one, it can improve your physical health, whether it's stocking shelves at a food bank or picking up trash in a local park or mowing the lawn of an incapacitated neighbor. 
finally, it can improve your social health. And here, this is where Gary is saying, hey, I don't really want to dive into that mix. But many people want to meet other people. And in this case, it would be like-minded people who have the same set of goals and who, in the end, may become friends. It's also a great way to meet new people of different ages and backgrounds. So you're not just hanging around your own small social group. You're expanding that group. So let's move on to cautions about volunteering. Are there any things you need to be careful about? Well, for one, for Allison and myself, we love to travel and we love to take long walks without regard to time or appointments or schedules. And we love to get together with friends whenever and wherever we please. Maybe volunteering gets in the way of some of that freedom. One expert cautions that it's crucial for volunteers to stay in control, to not feel overly locked into any sort of commitment. It doesn't have to be long-term. It needs to feel rewarding, she says. One other caution. She says volunteers should never be thought of by their hosts as just free labor. They should be seen as valuable contributors and should be treated as such. If your volunteering feels like you're being used, step away. Randy, have you had any problematic volunteer experiences ever felt taken for granted? No, I really haven't. And and I, I understand that that's a possibility. It's got to be a mutually beneficial relationship between you as a volunteer and the organization you're volunteering for. The most recent volunteering I did was for the Springs Rescue Mission here in Colorado Springs. Right before COVID started, I signed up and I, at first I, I, I donated myself as a professional. I could write stories for their newsletter. I could do marketing things. I could sit in on meetings and, and be part of their marketing team. And that was fine, but it felt a little bit like work as opposed to volunteering. I mean, you know, I wanted the feel good of volunteering. So I signed up to be um, a worker in their resource center. And, and this was hands-on in, in, a, in a place where people who were homeless and down on their luck, if you want to use that term, came in for um, services. Everything from the ability to take a shower to uh, using a phone, talking with, to a counselor, all kinds of physical daily needs. And I got more enjoyment from that because I actually got to meet the people directly and interact with them. For myself, I learned that not everybody who is in need of those kind of services fits in the same mold. Mm -hmm. Some of these folks, they've got mental issues, they've got uh, addiction issues. It's really hard to see them getting back on their feet and living in their own place and, and having a job. But there are others who haven't fallen down that path for as long. Those are the people I kind of related to. One afternoon, I helped a, a young guy, probably mid-20s, work on a, a resume because he had a job opportunity. He was really excited. Hey, I'm a writer. I've done this before. And I helped him fashion a um, resume, and he ended up getting a job. It was very rewarding because of the people interactions. That's when I really kind of got the, the feel-good of the volunteering experience. Well, that was kind of an interesting comment you made that you volunteered to use your skills, but in doing so found, hey, this feels like a job. These are the skills I've been using. That's an interesting mm -hmm. tip for people when they 
put their hand up to volunteer. Maybe you don't want to volunteer for exactly what you've been doing for 30 years. Right. However, that's what got my volunteer work started with this organization. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sorry I did that. But it was interesting as a personal experience for me to realize, you know, I can do this, but that kind of volunteering was more to make me feel good about myself as opposed to actually donating time and trying to help somebody else. So I got more from the person-to-person interaction than I did from using my professional skills. Gary, if you were looking for a volunteer, I keep trying to do this with you. <laughs> Gary, I know you don't like to volunteer, but if, but if, if you were Gary, please for one, volunteer for something, please. Or just lend us your, your smarts about what kinds of things you would shy away from. If you saw that, nope, that isn't going to work. No, that doesn't fit. Do you have any kind of uh, mental roadmap that you might follow? You're kind of putting me in a situation where it's kind of the oxymoron of volunteering. You put a gun to my head and say, pick something. You're going to to help out, Gary. (laughs) Gary, you will be volunteering and you will enjoy it. Do you understand? He's making me out to be a bad character. That's what it comes down to. You will do this. All right, but let me let me jump in here with a point because I think we just brushed up against this and I want to go back to it. I think volunteering is a lot like finding the right job in that mm-hmm. it's got to be a good fit for the individual. Whoever you are, whatever kind of volunteering you think you want to do, you really do have to find the right situation where you, you can volunteer, put your heart into it, use whatever skills you have and feel like it's a rewarding, mutually wonderful experience. And it's okay if you volunteer for some something somewhere and it doesn't work out. It just means that that wasn't the right place for you. I'd, for those of us who have volunteered and gotten uh, some real benefit from it, keep trying. You know, if it doesn't work the first time, keep trying. There's a place for you and, and for your your heart and your experience to make a difference. So don't give up if it doesn't work out the first time. Well, Randy, that's a good lead into the wrap. Uh, many of us have led relatively pleasant, successful lives and feel like, hey, maybe maybe we should give back to the communities we've been members of. I'm certainly feeling that right now and plan to act during this calendar year. There are countless ways you can get involved. There are local charities, of course, like food banks and homeless centers. There are community senior centers that often take on volunteers. There are local schools that often, and I would say always, have some volunteer opportunities. And then if you love animals, and we've certainly proven that in one of our past episodes, if you love animals, local shelters offer several ways to help. If you're a little more adventuresome, Imagine being a guide at the Grand Canyon or at Yosemite. (laughs) There are many seniors volunteering all over the country at state and national parks. We met one at a national park just a few weeks ago who raved about it and has volunteered and served at five or six national parks over the last few years. You set the bounds for how long you work. So that's one that people can take a look at. If you have the urge, regardless of where you choose to offer help, make sure as one expert says, that you can answer the why question. Why do you want to volunteer? And why do you want to volunteer here? The volunteer opportunity has to align with your values. 
It has to align somewhat with your skills and your time constraints, certainly. If all those things do line up, then you're on your way to helping your community. Join us next week as Randy leads us on a stroll down memory lane, recalling the classic TV shows of our childhood. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Camp Cadre in your favorite podcast app or sign up on our website. As always, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at campcodger at gmail.com, post a comment at www.campcodger.com, or leave a voicemail at 505 216 6171.